kidney stones, three weeks of the most pain I've ever had in my life. I'm back. I'll explain more later in the week, but it's good to be back. Thank you for your concern. Thank you for your emails. Kidney stones. I, I wish them on my worst enemy because it's just pure pain. All it is is pain. Nothing serious, just pain. I wish kidney stones on my worst enemy. I'm back. I'm David Feldman, and we're on the indictment watch. I hate bullies. Physical and intellectual bullies. All my life, I've hated bullies. Most of my professional life, I've been surrounded by intellectual bullies, men, mostly men, who try to convince me that I was stupid, that I couldn't understand what had to be done. And they wanted me to just be subservient. That was at work. And then when it came to politics, I was surrounded by intellectual bullies who tried to win arguments just for the sake of winning the argument, not for the public good. I've been victimized, like all of us, I've been victimized by intellectual bullies, and the worst are lawyers. This country is being destroyed by second-rate legal minds who are bullies. Guys like House Judiciary Committee Chairman, Republican Jim Jordan, who, despite going to law school, never passed the bar exam. He couldn't pass the bar exam, so he never practiced law. But Jim Jordan learned how to bully how to bully, regardless of what the facts are. And most people, most Americans are decent. So we back down from fights with bullies. But this is precisely why and how democracies die. It's not tanks rolling through the streets. Democracies die in the courts at the hands of third-rate legal minds who are just bullies. Now, I don't pretend to know what is going to happen, but we are expecting a new set of indictments from special counsel Jack Smith that we believe will hold Donald Trump accountable for January 6. What I'd like to do for you and for myself this morning is help us not feel stupid or intimidated so that when these indictments do come down, if they come down, I'm going to assume they are going to come down next week. I'm hoping that all of us will have some touchstones. I hope that I could prime you and myself to give us just enough information so that we'll have a minor foothold when the story of the indictments break if it ever does break, but I'm pretty sure it's next week. So here's what I want you to understand, and here's what I'm trying to understand. Special, ja Special Counsel Jack Smith is going to be going after lawyers. He's going to be prosecuting lawyers because he has to. January 6th was a legal coup. I'm not saying it was legal. It was illegal. It was a legal coup in that lawyers conspired to make it appear constitutional. 
I believe that in order to understand this next tranche of indictments, we have to familiarize ourselves with the cadre of lawyers Donald Trump surrounded himself with in the waning days of his presidency in order to try to legally steal the 2020 presidential election. I said this earlier in the week, and I'll say it again. The only thing that made Donald Trump's attempt to steal the 2020 election, the only thing that made it illegal is that he failed. That's the only thing that made January 6 illegal. Had he succeeded, it would have all been legal. Because right now, had he succeeded, it would be Donald Trump's FBI. It would be Donald Trump's judiciary exercising prosecutorial discretion. So this is going to be a complicated set of indictments that get handed down next week and in the following months because it involves lawyers. And so what I'm going to try to do for us this morning is provide some touchstones, some reference points. So next week, when the indictments come down, we don't drown in the news. That's what I'm going to try to do for me and you this morning. Special counsel Jack Smith is reportedly still bringing former Trump White House employees before the Washington, D.C. grand jury to determine Trump's state of mind immediately after the 2020 presidential election in the lead up to January 6 and right after January 6. It is now being reported that Trump aide Will Russell, I don't expect you to know who this is, it is reported that Will Russell testified on Thursday before special counsel Jack Smith's grand jury. Will Russell was reportedly with Donald Trump throughout the day on January 6, serving as his special assistant. He now works on Donald Trump's 2024 re-election campaign, and he is represented by Stanley Woodward. That is Stanley Woodward, the guy with the hair on the right. That is Stanley Woodward. Know the name Stanley Woodward. He's a lawyer. Stanley Woodward. Stanley Woodward. Stanley Woodward. He was briefly representing Walt Nauta on the left, who, along with Donald Trump, was indicted in June for mishandling classified documents. On the left is Walt Nauta, Trump's valet, and he, on the right, was represented temporarily by lawyer Stanley Woodward, Stanley Woodward, Stanley Woodward. In the past year, Stanley Woodward, lawyer, has represented at least a dozen clients from Trump world who would have been forced to testify before the special counsel's grand jury, including Dan Scavino, Cash Patel, and Peter Navarro, along with the several rioters arrested in the Capitol on January 6th. They would have all been forced to testify without a lawyer. 
but Stanley Woodward, Stanley Woodward, Stanley Woodward has represented at least a dozen of Trump's closest associates. And Donald Trump is paying Stanley Woodward's fees for these associates. These Trump associates brought before congressional committees and grand juries rely on Stanley Woodward, Stanley Woodward, because his legal services are being paid for by Trump's Save America Super PAC. Okay, Donald Trump has a super PAC called Save America. Now, according to Politico, between October of 2021 and September 30th of 2022, Donald Trump's super PAC, the Save America PAC, paid Stanley Woodward's law firm $120,000 to handle some of these Trump associates who have been ordered to testify about what they witnessed in the lead up to and during January 6. The Washington Post reports that Trump's Save America PAC raised close to $8 million between March. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. I believe it is $18 million. Uh, the Washington Post reports that Trump's Save America PAC this year raised close to $18 million between March of 2023 and June of 2023. And next week, the PAC, the Save America PAC, Donald Trump's Save America PAC, will have to disclose last quarter's expenditures. They have to reveal what they've spent the money on by July 31st of this year. It is believed by some that in the past three months, Donald Trump's Save America PAC has spent millions and millions of dollars on legal bills for Donald Trump and his associates. And it's all perfectly legal. Now, candidates like Ron DeSantis are already beginning to pounce on this, pointing out that many of the people who donated to Trump's super PAC had no idea their money is not just paying Trump's legal fees, but the legal fees for many of his associates. So this could end up being a political liability going into next month's debates. We have our first Republican debates in August. As I pointed out earlier in this week, earlier this week, and this is really, I think, crucial for all of us to understand, if Trump is paying your legal fees, how likely are you to flip? How likely are you, as Trump would call you, a, how, to, how likely are you to become a rat? For example, Michael Cohn was in the news on Friday. He settled a big lawsuit with the Trump Organization on Friday over his legal fees. Okay? Now, Michael Cohn was Trump's attack dog for a while until he flipped. He was Trump's lawyer. And at first, he intended to lie on behalf of Donald Trump. The Trump Organization paid Cohn's nearly $2 million in legal fees while he was lying. 
he racked up $2 million in legal fees as he was dragged before several grand juries, the, the Mueller Commission, as well as congressional committees. But then after he was convicted or right before Michael Cohn was convicted, he flipped. He became a rat. And suddenly Michael Cohn's legal fees were no longer being paid by Trump world. So Cohen took the Trump organization to court, claiming that according to an agreement, they owed him an additional $1 million in legal fees, even though those fees were purportedly racked up while he was ratting out Donald Trump. But according, you know, a contract is a contract and Trump org, Trump world promised to pay his legal fees. Well, right before this was set to go on trial Friday, Cohn and the Trump organization settled. We don't know for how much, but we can assume that Trump or Trump org, the organization, finally paid his legal fees. The point is, if you flip like Michael Cohn did, Trump, without having to tell you that this is what's going to happen, if you flip like Michael Cohn did, Trump makes it clear without saying it that you're on your own and you're going to pay your own legal fees. And as I've just demonstrated, sometimes those legal fees end up in the millions. Again, I'm not saying Trump is overtly purchasing his associates' silence. He's just paying their legal fees and they can figure out the rest. Right? What concerns me, and I, I know what concerns Special Counsel Jack Smith, is the depth and breadth of legal fees being paid uh, along the entire spectrum of January 6th, that you have either Trump or his lawyers paying the legal fees of people at the top of the food chain on January 6th and the bottom of the food chain on January 6th. And you can't unearth how vast this conspiracy is without looking at all the lawyers who enabled, who, who came up with the plan for this legal coup. Like I said, had Trump pulled it off, this would have all been legal. According, and by the way, I know this is a lot to process. I know that. I can't keep all of this straight. So the last thing I want to do is make anybody feel uh, stupid, because I feel stupid. This is why I'm doing this, so I understand it. I'm trying to get a grasp on the indictments that are coming down. We're, we're talking about lawyers, and when lawyers involve, are involved, most of their defense is to confuse us and a jury. So I'm just trying to give you reference points that you can hold on to when the news breaks next week. I don't expect you to keep all these people in mind, but hopefully th this will help you, or at least me, follow this story, because this is history. I know it's not climate change, 
income inequality, Medicare for all, or solving the gun problem. I understand that. I wish this weren't the news, but it is the news and it is history. And it is, there's no guarantee that special counsel Jack Smith is going to succeed. There's no guarantee that Donald Trump is going to prison. And if it's not Trump who goes to prison, uh, uh, you know, Ron DeSantis is on deck. Mike Pence is on deck. If Donald Trump doesn't go to prison, uh, all bets are off on the future of what's left of this republic. Now, according to the Washington Post, Stanley Woodward, Stanley Woodward, he's the lawyer who's been handling all of, not all, but a lot of Trump's associates when they go before the grand juries and the, the special committees, Stanley Woodward, Stanley Woodward, and he seems to be paid, he's on retainer uh, with Trump's uh, super PAC, right? Stanley Woodward, besides representing Donald Trump's top White House officials, he also represented this guy, Oath Keeper Kelly Meggs who was sentenced to 12 years in prison back in May of this year after a jury found him guilty of seditious conspiracy for the role he played on January 6th. He is one of the leaders of the Oath Keepers. Now, this is all perfectly legal. Stanley Woodward has not broken any laws, as far as we know. But the uh, we know we don't know if the special counsel is looking into this. We do know that last year the Department of Justice did express concern because what you have apparently is Stanley Woodward, Stanley Woodward, Stanley Woodward, a lawyer who Trump keeps on retainer, and Stanley Woodward, Stanley Woodward, Stanley Woodward seems to be provided, his legal services seem to be provided to high-level Trump associates free of charge when they are forced to testify about January 6th. But what we also see is that Stanley Woodward, Stanley Woodward, Stanley Woodward is also representing the bottom rung of the January 6th conspiracy. He's, he's defending Oath Keepers, Oath Keepers, who were convicted of seditious conspiracy for storming the Capitol on January 6th. This guy, okay, Kelly Meggs, was Stanley Woodward, Stanley Woodward, Stanley Woodward's client. He is an Oath Keeper who is doing, t Stanley Woodward lost the case, and he, th this guy... This is really important. This is this is the story. This is what we have to remember and understand as the next tranche of indictments come down. Oath Keeper Kelly Meggs was represented by Stanley Woodward, Stanley Woodward, Stanley Woodward. Kelly Meggs was sentenced to 12 years in prison after a jury found him guilty this year of seditious conspiracy for the role he played on January 6th. You cannot understand January 6th unless you understand
the role the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys played while coordinating with high-level Trump officials, possibly lawyers, okay? What you have right now is Stanley Woodward representing some of Trump's top associates who were involved in January 6th, as well as the bottom feeders, the, the men on the ground who stormed the Capitol and organized the insurrection. I cannot stress this enough. One of the most underreported stories is that the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys were convicted this year of seditious conspiracy for storming the Capitol on January 6th. Now, Stanley Woodward representing this Oath Keeper is perfectly legal. But there's some evidence that is purely circumstantial and highly suspicious. Why are members of the Oath Keepers convicted of seditious conspiracy being represented by the same lawyer, Stanley Woodward, Stanley Woodward, Stanley Woodward, who represents the inner sanctum of the Trump White House in the lead up to January 6th. Okay. There are reports that Stuart Rhodes, the founder of the Oath Keepers, currently doing time for seditious conspiracy for the role he played on January 6th, there are reports that he might have been in direct contact with the White House as well as close associates of Donald Trump, that there there are reports that he was talking to people in the White House on January 6th. I'll talk about this later. I, I hate to be a broken record, but this is, this is the story. Let's talk about who paid, who paid for his, uh, Stuart Rhodes, the founder of the Oath Keeper, who paid his legal fees. Now, Stanley Woodward didn't, represents Stuart Rhodes, the founder of the Oath Keepers. He represented the co-conspirator, Kelly Meggs, right? And Kelly Meggs is this guy, and he's now doing time along with Stuart Rhodes for uh, seditious conspiracy, okay? There are reports that Stuart Rhodes the founder of the Oath Keepers, currently doing time for seditious conspiracy for the role he played on January 6th. Uh, there are reports that Sidney Powell was in communication with Stuart Rhodes and she helped pay his legal fees. It's a lot to keep track of. Sidney Powell is the lawyer. Uh, this is Sidney Powell. And there was reporting in Mother Jones as well as BuzzFeed and The Washington Post last year. There was reporting that the Justice Department was looking into whether or not Sidney Powell, the lawyer, one of Trump's lawyers, whether or not she was funding the legal bills 
racked up by Oath Keepers like Stuart Rhodes after he was put on trial for and convicted of seditious conspiracy for the role he played on January 6. Sidney Powell, lawyer, created a nonprofit organization called Defending the Republic, which raised millions while she was working for Donald Trump alongside Rudy Giuliani immediately after the 2020 election, trying to prove voter fraud. Okay, Defending the Republic is her nonprofit where she asked people to donate to. According to reporting in BuzzFeed, Mother Jones, and the Washington Post, four defendants, including Stuart Rhodes, the founder of the Oath Keepers, might have taken funds from Sidney Powell's nonprofit organization. Why is this important? Well, because right before January 6th, President Trump was going to name Sidney Powell as a special counsel working inside the Justice Department. You know, Jack Smith is a special counsel, and Donald Trump was told that he had the authority to name a special counsel inside the Justice Department who would be mandated to prove voter fraud. He was eventually blocked from doing that. But Sidney Powell was Trump's top lawyer. He loved her and Rudy Giuliani. What we might be seeing when special counsel Jack Smith hands down this new tranche of indictments, what we might see is his spelling out, his explaining that there was some coordination between Trump's top lawyers and members of the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys in the lead up to January 6. Many of these leaders of the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys are now doing time for seditious conspiracy for the role they played on January 6. Why would Trump's lawyer, Sidney Powell, one of Trump's top election deniers, one of Trump's top election fraud conspiracists who worked intimately with Trump and Giuliani in the lead up to January 6 to spread the big lie of voter fraud, why would she be paying the legal fees for the leader of the Oath Keepers who stormed the Capitol on January 6? Again, this is what Mother Jones, BuzzFeed, and the Washington Post reported on last year. Now, look, there was a conspiracy in the lead up to January 6. We know that. We know that because members of the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys, as I speak, are doing time for seditious conspiracy. We know there was a vast conspiracy. We know, we know that Trump's cadre of lawyers, we know that they all conspired to perpetuate the big lie of voter fraud immediately after and before the 2020 presidential election. They were already spreading lies of voter fraud 
before the election even took place, even though there wasn't a shred of evidence to prove voter fraud. And they knew that we we know that they either admitted that there was Rudy Giuliani in court, admitted that these were just theories and had no evidence. We know that as they took these voter fraud claims to court and lost, I think they lost something like 60 cases before January 6th. We know in, from court uh, transcripts that they said they had no evidence. We know that there was a conspiracy to spread a lie about voter fraud. We know through legal memos written by John Eastman and Kenneth Cheesebro that there was a conspiracy among lawyers to help Donald Trump defraud the United States government by sending phony electors to Congress, phony electors from battleground states that Joe Biden won. But John Eastman, Kenneth Cheesebro, uh, Rudy Giuliani, they worked, they conspired to defraud the federal government by setting up phony electors from Michigan, where their, the attorney general has filed charges. The attorney general in Arizona is about to file charges against the slate of phony electors who uh, assembled illegally in Arizona. Uh, we know that this was a conspiracy to send phony electors to Congress that was dreamed up by lawyers working directly for Donald Trump. We know that those lawyers are Sidney Powell, Rudy Giuliani, John Eastman, Kenneth Cheesebro, possibly Mark Meadows, his Trump's chief of staff. Uh, and the question is, how much involvement did they have in sending these extrajudicial thugs into the Capitol on January 6th, extrajudicial thugs like the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers, how much coordination did the White House have with Stuart Rhodes and Enrique Terrio, the head of the Proud Boys, to, to storm the Capitol and scare Mike Pence into not certifying the presidential election? And if that didn't work, they would grind the cert certification process to a halt, which they did. The intent was uh, to grind the certification to a halt, postpone it indefinitely so that rioting would spill into the streets across America, forcing both the Supreme Court and Congress to intervene with Republicans having a distinct advantage in both the Supreme Court and Congress when it comes to awarding the election to Donald Trump. Kenneth Cheesebro, the Harvard lawyer who wrote some of the memos that informed the idea on uh, the phony electors and Mike Pence uh, not certifying the election, Kenneth Cheesebro wrote in one of the memos, if Donald Trump can whip up enough chaos in the streets, the Supreme Court will be likely, more likely to intervene. Now, 
in his defense, Kenneth Cheesebro was an ad, he wasn't advocating in his memos for Donald Trump to whip up uh, rioting in the streets. He but he told Trump in the memos, if you're interested, one of the ways to get the Supreme Court to intervene is by whipping up rioting in the streets. And Donald Trump read those memos. Uh, we've read the memos from Trump's lawyers who all spelled out this conspiracy. This was a conspiracy that started at the very top. It was a conspiracy among Donald Trump and several lawyers. But we are also clearly seeing there was also a conspiracy from the bottom up with the same people who were conspiring from the top down. From the bottom up, these lawyers, it seems, were conspiring with the Oath Keepers. The Oath Keepers run by Stuart Rhodes, a graduate of Yale Law School. We are seeing the lawyers at the top of the conspiracy either representing or paying the legal fees for these foot soldiers who got arrested for storming the Capitol on January 6. If Sidney Powell is paying Stuart Rhodes' legal fees, if the same lawyer who represents Trump's top associates also represents some of the leaders of the Oath Keepers, that suggests some coordination between Trump's lawyers and the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers in the lead up to the storming of the Capitol on January 6. Again, how do you buy Stuart Rhodes' silence? You don't have to tell them to be silent. You pay their legal fees. So when special counsel Jack Smith hands down this next tranche of indictments, I assume there are going to be some indictments next week. I have to imagine Trump's lawyers, they are and know these names. And it won't be Stanley Woodward, by the way. Believe it or not, he, I, from what I understand, Stanley Woodward is clean. He would have to be. You couldn't, you, you couldn't be representing Trump's top associates as well as one of the heads of the Oath Keepers without the Justice Department coming down on you. Then again, Trump has done everything out in the open. So who knows? I just don't I don't think Stanley Woodward is breaking any laws. But I do have to imagine that Trump's lawyers, Rudy Giuliani, Sidney Powell, Lynn Wood, John Eastman, Jeffrey Clark, who was in the Justice Department at the time, angling to be named acting attorney general so that he could prove voter fraud. And of course, Kenneth Cheesebro. I, I have to imagine that when the next tranche of indictments come down, I have to believe that special counsel Jack Smith, at the very least, is going to name them as unindicted co-conspirators and possibly go after them 
uh, once he prosecutes Trump. Right now, he's got to prosecute Trump. It's a little different from what Merrick Garland had to do before he handed this over to the special counsel, Jack Smith. Merrick Garland worked his way up from the bottom because the FBI wouldn't investigate the Oval Office. The first year uh, after January 6th, the FBI would not investigate uh, Donald Trump's role in the white, in, in the January 6th uh, insurrection. So what Merrick Garland decided to do was work from the bottom up, get everybody to flip. He's arrested more than a thousand people who were inside the Capitol. And uh, I cannot stress this enough. The Oath Keeper, the head of the Oath Keepers and the head of the Proud Boys are doing time right now for seditious conspiracy. If you want a touchstone to understand the next tranche of indictments, you have to remember that the head of the Proud Boys and the head of the Oath Keepers who stormed the Capitol on January 6th are doing time for seditious conspiracy. Okay, so I, what I think is going to happen is that Special Counsel Jack Smith is going to prosecute Trump first because he's got to get this on the calendar before the presidential election of 2024. He's got to get these trials going before the election because if Trump wins, it becomes his Justice Department. Uh, so it's the opposite. It's the flip side of how uh, Merrick Garland prosecuted this is now going to be top down. Get Trump first, then I hope prosecute the lawyers who enabled all of this. Uh, Ron DeSantis is a coward. He's chicken shit and a fascist. And like most Republicans, he refuses to call January 6th an insurrection. Ron DeSantis was interviewed on Russell Brand's podcast on Friday, and here is a, a another fascist, just like Donald Trump, maybe even more of a fascist than Donald Trump. Here is Governor Ron DeSantis trivializing January 6th while misleading the American people. And remember, he's either, I think DeSantis is Yale Law School or Harvard Law School. He is an intellectual bully. He's a fascist. Look and listen to how he trivializes and lies about January 6th. It was not an insurrection. These are people that were there to attend a rally, and then they were there to protest. Now it devolved, and, and, and it devolved in, into a riot. I hate him. He is a bully. The people, he, he lies. He just lies and makes it sound reasonable because he was trained either at Harvard or Yale Law School. These people on January 6th showed up at the Capitol with guns, bear spray, pepper spray. Did I mention guns, knives, zip ties, bulletproof vests, and weaponized flagpoles? It didn't devolve into a riot. It was planned, which is why Stuart Rhodes, the head of the Oath Keepers, 
and Enrico Terrio, the head of the Proud Boys, are doing time now for seditious conspiracy. Go on, mein Fuhrer. Uh, but the idea that this was a plan to somehow over to overthrow the government of the United States is not true. Uh, yes, it is true. Some of the people who stormed the Capitol, and most of them were from Florida, by the way. I should mention that most of the people who were arrested on January 6th were from Florida. Some of the people didn't know they were being unwittingly duped into participating in an insurrection. But at the top of the food chain inside that mob, you had the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers on the ground. You had other Oath Keepers across the river with a, a, a cache of weapons ready to, to storm the Capitol once the Oath Keepers were deputized by Donald Trump. Uh, this was a paramilitary style insurrection, which, again, and I can't stress this enough, that is why they are doing time right now for seditious conspiracy. So, yes, some of the rubes who stormed the Capitol were swept up in the heat of the moment. But that's exactly what the organizers intended to happen. Continue, mind Fuhrer. And it's something that the media had spun up uh, just to try to basically, um, you know, get as much mileage out of it and use it for, for partisan and, and for political uh, aims. Right. It's the Democrats and the media who are using January 6th for partisan and political aims. The media and the Democrats are politicizing January 6th. An armed insurrection to stop Joe Biden from being certified as the winner of the presidential election. But it's the Democrats who are politicizing January 6th. Please continue, Ron DeSantis. And so I know there were a lot of people uh, that were there um, who were just there and they didn't have any designs um, on doing anything. And so we just have to be honest about it. Yeah. When you say we have to be honest about it, it means you're not being honest about it. There were people who were just there, you know, who brought gallows and ropes to hang Mike Pence. They were just there. They were just there kicking down the door to Nancy Pelosi's office to kill her. They were just there to storm the Senate with zip ties to hold our elected leaders hostage Please continue, mein Fuhrer. If somebody is honestly doing an insurrection against the U.S. government, uh, then prove that that's the case, and, and I'll be happy to accept it. But all you're showing me is that there are a lot of protesters there, um, and it ended up devolving, you know, in ways that was unfortunate, of course. Uh, but to say that they were seditionists is just wrong. Just wrong. He's, see, what this is what an intellectual bully does. No facts. Yale or Harvard Law School graduate, and you just say it with authority, and we're supposed to cower and go, I guess he knows best. He's an effing fascistic liar. Let's hear parts of this again. There are a lot of protesters there, um, and it ended up devolving, you know, in ways that was unfortunate, of course. Yeah, unfortunate, of course. Five people ended up dead, nearly 200 Capitol Police officers injured, not to mention the several suicides that the, the Capitol Police uh, 
several Capitol Police officers committed suicide after that. But more importantly, this unfortunate event, for the first time in American history, we did not see a peaceful transfer of power. Yeah, unfortunate. It was unfortunate, of course. If somebody is honestly doing an insurrection against the U.S. government, uh, then prove that that's the case, and, and I'll be happy to accept it. Uh, but to say that they were seditionists is just wrong. Is It's just wrong. I went to either Harvard or Yale Law School, and it's just wrong. You believe me, because I'm saying it with authority. Uh, you want me to prove it to you? Uh, Stuart Rhodes, who went to Yale Law School, founder of the Oath Keepers, is doing time right now for seditious conspiracy. Enrique Terrio, that of the Proud Boys, doing time for seditious conspiracy. I know I'm a broken record on this, but it's the story that we, you, you know, you, you learn through repetition. And this is the story that, that the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys are doing time right now for seditious conspiracy. And I have to keep repeating this because people like Ron DeSantis keep repeating lies until they're true. I feel obligated to keep repeating the truth so you know what the lies are. Right? Goebbels said keep repeating a lie over and over again and eventually it becomes true. I know I'm repetitious here, but you've got to keep repeating the truth to fight these lies. So, give, indulge me, please, because I'm going to present evidence that I, I have to show you, uh, that, that I need to see, you need to see, so that we understand whatever indictments come down uh, next week. Okay? This is from the Justice Department. OK, this is a an announcement from our Justice Department on May 25th, 2023. I'm going to read it to you. OK. All right. I, I know I'm repeating myself, but I have to drum this into my head and your head so we can fight these lies, because it is these lies that kill what's left of our democracy. This is from the U.S. Department of Justice. This is from the Attorney General. This is from Merrick Garland on May 25th, 2023. Okay? Elmer Stewart Rhodes III, 58, of Granbury, Texas, the founder and leader of the Oath Keepers, and Kelly Meggs, 54, of Dunnellan, Florida. Kelly Meggs was represented... I forgot his name. I kept repeating his name. What was his name? I got to look it up. Hang on. I'm sorry. Uh, Stanley Woodward. Okay. <laughs> I, this is why I see I have. I'm stupid. This is why I'm repetitious. I can't remember these things. So Kelly Meggs, 54 of Donald Florida, was represented by Stanley Woodward, who is on retainer. Right. Trump keeps Stanley Woodward on retainer. And Kelly Meggs, Oath Keeper, 54, was represented by Stanley Woodward. Stanley Woodward, Elmer Rhodes, and Kelly Meggs 
of Dunnellan, Florida, the leader of the Florida chapter of the Oath Keepers, were sentenced today, this would be May 25th, 2023, for seditious conspiracy, seditious conspiracy. They were sentenced on May 25th, 2023 for seditious conspiracy and other charges related to the breach of the U.S. Capitol on January 6th, 2021. Their actions disrupted a joint session of the U.S. Congress that was in the process of ascertaining and counting the electoral votes related to the presidential election. Okay, you have Florida Governor Ron DeSantis DeSantis saying, prove to me that there was a conspiracy. There are several men doing time right now for conspiracy from our Justice Department, okay? There have been few instances in our nation's history when our fellow citizens have engaged in a seditious conspiracy, a conspiracy to use force to oppose the functioning of our government, said U.S. Attorney Matthew M. Graves for the District of Columbia. This is a press release that was issued by Merrick Garland's office. He's the attorney general. This is the press release celebrating the conviction and the sentencing of Stuart Rhodes and several Oath Keepers, okay? Uh, Attorney uh, Matthew M. Graves for the District of Columbia goes on to say, quote, more people were convicted of seditious conspiracy in connection with the siege of the Capitol on January 6, 2021, than any other criminal event since the statute was enacted during the Civil War. Today's sentencing affirms the rule of law and imposes substantial consequences on Stuart Rhodes and Kelly Meggs, who together conspired to violently attack our government and our democracy. They are doing time for conspiracy Kelly Meggs, this guy, right, represented by Stanley Woodward, Stanley Woodward, who also represents uh, Trump's top officials like his valet, Nauta, okay, and Peter Navarro. Uh, That guy, Meggs, doing time for seditious conspiracy and Stuart Rhodes doing time right now for seditious conspiracy. I'm going to continue. Please indulge me. Okay? this This is how you combat the lies. Again, from Merrick Garland, from the Justice Department. According to the government's evidence, the Oath Keepers are a large but loosely organized collection of individuals some of whom are associated with militias. Following the November 3rd, 2020 presidential election, Rhodes and Meggs and others began plotting to oppose by force the lawful transfer of presidential power. Beginning in late December of 2020, via encrypted and private communications applications, Rhodes, Meggs, and others coordinated and planned to travel to Washington, D.C. on or around January 6, 2021, the date of the certification of the Electoral 
college vote. Again, we're talking about Kelly Meggs, this guy who was represented by Stanley Woodward, and this guy, Stuart Rhodes, who founded the Oath Keepers and may have had his legal fees paid for by Trump's attorney, Sidney Powell, who helped orchestrate the events leading up to January 6th. I'm going to continue. I know it's repetitious, but if you repeat the truth over and over again, the uh, you can fight the lies. Did I find it? Hang on. Uh, okay, and okay, this is the truth from our attorney general's office celebrating the conviction of Stuart Rhodes, founder of the Oath Keepers for Seditious Conspiracy. This is celebrating the sentencing that took place on May. According to the evidence, the Proud Boys, now they're talking about the, this is, oh, I'm sorry. Okay, uh, this is... This is the Proud Boys. Here we go. Okay, hang on. I'm sorry. Okay, uh, let me let, let me stick with the uh, the Oath Keepers before I switch over to the Proud Boys, who were also convicted of seditious conspiracy. <clears throat> All right, let me just get some water here. I hope this isn't confusing. Okay. Okay. So the Oath Keepers were convicted of seditious conspiracy. On May 4th, 2023, the Proud Boys, right? The, a jury convicts four leaders of the Proud Boys of seditious. Oh, hang on. I'm sorry. I, I want to finish up on the Oath Keepers. Okay. Um, this is what they. Uh, okay. While well, certain Oath Keepers. Members and affiliates breached the Capitol grounds and building. Others remained stationed just outside of the city in quick reaction force teams. According to the government's evidence, the quick reaction force teams were prepared to rapidly transport firearms and other weapons into Washington, D.C. in support of operations aimed at using force to stop the legal transfer of presidential power. During the trial... There were several Oath Keepers who flipped, who uh, turned state's evidence. Several of these Oath Keepers said that they served in Iraq and they saw the cache of weapons that Stuart Rhodes was keeping in a hotel room across the Potomac on, Jan Potomac on January 6th. And they said they had never seen, even in Iraq, they had never seen so many weapons concentrated in one place at the same time. Okay, Stuart Rhodes. Uh, okay, so that's the Oath Keepers, Stuart Rhodes doing time for seditious conspiracy. And now let's talk about the Proud Boys. This is from May 4th, 2023. This is from our Justice Department. Jury convicts four leaders of the Proud Boys of seditious conspiracy related to U.S. Capitol breach. Okay, May 4th, 2023. 
please indulge me. A jur- this is a statement from Merrick Garland celebrating the conviction of the Proud Boys for seditious conspiracy. The Justice Department writes, A jury in the District of Columbia today returned guilty verdicts on multiple felonies against five members of the Proud Boys, finding four of the defendants guilty of seditious conspiracy. Four members of the Proud Boys guilty of seditious conspiracy for their actions before and during the breach of the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021. According to the evidence at trial, in the months leading up to January 6, the defendants plotted to oppose by force the lawful transfer of presidential power and to prevent the members of Congress and the federal law enforcement officers who protect them from discharging their duties. Okay? This is the truth. This is the truth. Ron DeSantis is a effing liar. Okay? This is the truth. This is from the Justice Department. It's the truth because right now, members of the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers are doing time right now for seditious conspiracy. That is the truth. More from the Justice Department. According to the evidence, the Proud Boys describe themselves as members of a pro-Western fraternal organization for men who refuse to apologize for creating the modern world, also known as Western chauvinists. Through at least January 6, 2021, Enrique Terrio was the national chairman of the organization. In September of 2020, former President Donald J. Trump told the Proud Boys during a nationally televised debate to, quote, stand back and stand by. Remember that during the debate? Stand back and stand by. Do you remember throughout the 2020 presidential election how Donald Trump talked about the people who won't put up with a stolen election? He was already claiming the election was stolen by August. And he said, there are I have supporters who I can't control who are not going to take kindly to a rigged election. The Justice Department goes on to write Thereafter, members, membership in the group, after Donald Trump during the televised debate against Joe Biden said to the Proud Boys, stand back and stand by. Thereafter, membership in the group increased dramatically. Proud Boys played a significant and often violent role in Washington, D.C. rallies in November and December 2020. Okay. All right. Uh the Justice Department writes, in the aftermath, aftermath, Enrico Terrio, founder of the Proud Boys, created a special chapter of the Proud Boys known as, quote, the Ministry of Self-Defense. Beginning after December 19th, 2020, that was right after the Electoral College met, right? I think the Electoral College meets on either December 14th or December 16th. I'm going to say the 16th. Beginning after December 19th, 2020, 
Terrio and his co-defendants, all of whom were leaders or members of the Ministry of Self-Defense, conspired to prevent, hinder, and delay the certification of the Electoral College vote and to oppose by force the authority of the government of the United States. On January 6, 2021, the defendants directed, mobilized, and led a group of Proud Boys and other members of the crowd onto the Capitol grounds, leading to dismantling of metal barricades, destruction of property, breaching of the Capitol building, and assaults on law enforcement. During and after the attack, Tario and his co-defendants claimed credit for what had happened on social media and in an encrypted chat room. Okay? I should mention that Enrico Terrio was also an FBI informant, the head of the Proud Boys. From what I've been reading, it is my understanding that Enrico Terrio, who's now doing time for seditious conspiracy, was an FBI informant for years. He was also working with Washington, D.C.'s intelligence. Washington, D.C. police has their own intelligence organization, and he was providing, he was cooperating with them for years in the lead up to January 6th. That's worth mentioning. Uh, use that information uh, for whatever you want. Okay? I'm almost done. Uh, please stick with me because I promise you these are the people. This is the thread that needs and will be pulled on as special counsel Jack Smith goes after Donald Trump and his lawyers. You have, if you, if you rewatch this, you will see that there is, uh, uh, there is evidence that these lawyers who worked with Trump were also working with and for these extrajudicial thugs inside the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys. This is really important for you to understand, for me to understand. I get repetitious and I apologize for that. But unless I keep repeating Stanley Woodward's name, I'm not going to remember it. From the PBS NewsHour, I believe this was last year, Trump Associates ties to extremists probed by, yes, this is from last year, probed by January 6th panel. Okay, the January 6th panel, remember the January 6th committee? They looked into the ties between Donald Trump's top associates in the White House, ties between them and the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys. Please indulge me, okay? This is from the PBS NewsHour. After members of the far-right Oath Keepers extremist group stormed the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021, their leader called someone on the phone with an urgent message for then-President Donald Trump, another extremist told investigators. While gathered in a private suite at the Phoenix Park Hotel, an Oath Keeper member says he heard their leader, Stuart Rhodes, 
repeatedly urged the person on the phone to tell Trump to call upon militia groups to fight to keep the president in power. Okay, I believe the Phoenix Park Hotel is the hotel across the Potomac where Stuart Rhodes, founder of the Oath Keepers, was keeping that incredibly large cache of weapons. It was Stuart Rhodes who said that he was expecting to be deputized by the president of the United States once the rioting began on January 6th. We talked about this earlier in the week, all all the emergency powers at the disposal of the president, thanks to the Emergency Powers Act of 1976. The president, in a time of crisis, can act unilaterally and can deputize extrajudicial thugs like the Oath Keepers, which is exactly what Stuart Rhodes, Yale Law School graduate, was expecting. He was expecting the Oath Keepers to be brought in by the president under emergency powers to restore order. And the the January 6th committee and the PBS NewsHour reported last year that Stuart Rhodes, the founder of the Oath Keepers, was calling the White House, urging the president to deputize the Oath Keepers. Cassidy Hutchinson, this continues. This is from the PBS NewsHour. Cassidy Hutchinson, remember her? We talked about her. She was uh, Mark Meadow. Mark Meadows was the chief of staff, and Cassidy Hutchinson uh, worked for... uh, Mark under Mark Meadows, and she flipped, right? She was given a lawyer, Passantino, right? Passantino allegedly told her, if you keep quiet, there's a job waiting for you in Trump world. And Cassidy Hutchinson said, no, I want my own lawyer. And she flipped and told the truth about Mark Meadows and Donald Trump before the January 6th committee. The PBS NewsHour writes, Cassidy Hutchinson, a former aide to Trump White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, also told the House committee that she heard the Proud Boys and Oath Keepers mentioned leading up to the Stop the Steal rally in Washington on January 6th, but no further details about that have been revealed. Why are we hearing about the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys inside the Oval Office. Why is the chief of staff, Mark Meadows, and Donald Trump in the Oval Office talking about the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers? Again, this is from uh, the Brennan Center, uh, July 13th, 2022. What we learned this week, this was July 13th, 2022. Uh, This was during the January 6th committee hearings from last year. What we learned this week was that while the far right was gearing up for war, they were in close contact with Trump world. Indeed, many of those contacts predate Trump's tweet showing that his advisors were cultivating white supremacist groups. Michael Flynn can be seen in photos from December 12th using Oath Keepers for personal security. Roger Stone, one of Trump's closest political advisors, had been recorded reciting the initiation oath of the Proud Boys. Roger Stone was using the Proud Boys 
on January 5th as uh, security. He was using the Proud Boys for security on January 5th when he was going in and out of the Willard Hotel. Michael Flynn, General Michael Flynn, seen in photos on December 12th using Oath Keepers for personal security. Roger Stone, one of Trump's closest political advisors, reciting the initiation oath of the Proud Boys. General Michael Flynn uh, introduced Sidney Powell to Donald Trump, by the way. And uh, I'm almost done. This is from the Brennan Center for Justice. Following Trump's invitation to insurrection, those contacts intensified. Stone was on a group chat with Oath Keeper leader Stuart Rhodes, Proud Boys leader Enrique Terrio, and the right-wing provocateur Ali Alexander discussing January 6th. Okay. Uh, it's... Thank you for indulging me. Uh... I hate bullies. I hate lawyers. 99% of lawyers in America are bullies. They will lie. Ron DeSantis is a liar. You see him lying about January 6th. All these lawyers are going to sow confusion and spread lies. They're going to keep repeating lies that it was just a riot that got out of hand. I hope I... I I know I was repetitious, but uh, you got to keep repeating the truth. And uh, this is the last chance Jack Smith has to get Trump. This is it. The, you know, after Labor Day, the 2024 presidential election kicks in. This is it. This is do or die for the Republic. Uh, this is it. This is the story. I, I wish we were talking about climate change, income inequality, Medicare for all, and the gun problem, and uh, permanent war. I, I wish we could talk about that because that's much more important. I'll leave you with this. If Donald Trump is arrested and serves time, your life will not change. You won't notice it. But I can assure you that if Jack Smith fails and doesn't prosecute Donald Trump in the next six months, if he doesn't win a conviction, your life will change. I promise you that. Again, your life will not change when Donald Trump is convicted and sent to prison. It'll feel like a slam dunk. You'll say, of course he was going to go to prison. Of course, he broke so many laws, right? If Jack Smith fails, I can assure you, your life, my life, our life will change dramatically. Whether or not Donald Trump wins in 2024, our life will change dramatically. Thank you for indulging me. I hope I provided you with some touchstones for when these indictments come down. 
I'm David Feldman reminding you to stay strong and protect the weak. 